today on The Breakdown. Two luminaries of the high roller world, Olivier Bousquet and Tobias Rankemeyer, are heads up for all the monies at an EPT high roller. There's a 360,000 euro difference between second and first. And boy, oh boy, some plays are going to be made at this hand. Holy macaroni, we can't wait to break this one down. It's The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Now, a couple weeks ago, I, I know where you're going with this. Well, go ahead. Tell me where I'm going. The let's tone, see, let's the, see if you're a luminary of knowing this stuff. The shift in tone. Nope. It's not? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Wrong. I thought it would be the shift in tone for sure. No. What uh, is it? A couple weeks ago, I mentioned, I don't remember what the phrase was, but you said some phrase, and I said, oh. I've heard you say this phrase 10 times, and every time it's been a breakdown opening. Oh, yeah. And there's another phrase that I've only ever heard you say <laughs> during a breakdown opening, and it's... I think I feel like the other one falls into this category as yeah. well. It's kind of like a '50s style phrase. It's uh, "boy oh boy." Oh boy! It's not even holy macaroni. It's "boy oh no, boy." I, right. I don't think you say holy macaroni that often. I, I would don't. mention that, but right. I, I feel like I've heard you say "boy oh boy" during breakdown openings a lot. That is my move. It's one of my go. You're just trying to make the hand sound places. epic, so you you use like you like revert to 1950s style epic phrases. <laughs> man oh man! Yeah, you're <laughs> Golly right. Golly gee willikers! There yeah. sure are chips a flying. Oh jeez, <sighs> jeepers! The critiques never end. Of course not. So we do. We analyze things. I mean, we still have to have our rap battle slash opening battle. There were a few people who, you know, mentioned that. They request it. There were some tweeter people. There were yeah, some, some non-tweeter twe- people. Who are the non-tweeter about? people? Um, Jackie Hughes came up to me and talked about no, it. No, she didn't. She did. You're lying. Why? Are you, you promise? Have you, swear? you have a read? You swear on your mother? You have a read? Yeah. You're wrong. She did. No. <laughs> okay, this is really interesting for the listeners. I sure. know it is. We have 2,000 listeners for every show minimum, and they don't know what's going on and don't care. Yeah. So let's let's not. This is waste what they're here anymore. for. <laughs> they're not, they don't care. Um, yeah, so this is back in the old days, really. It feels like the old days now, even though it was 2010. That's not that long ago. But and yet, in poker time, you know. I mean, I was in a different place in 2010, and I don't just mean emotionally and spiritually, bro. I mean physically. I lived in a different part of the country. That's amazing. Nobody right. cares about that at all. That's for sure. <laughs> Jonathan just got really sad. Oh, the sadness. Oh, I put the microphone down. Oh, he's going to have a little fit. That's okay. I can do the show by myself. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few things. There's not a ton, but a few things that happen in this hand that are mostly preflop. Just one thing, actually, I'm thinking of that are indicative of the difference in poker from then yeah. and now. Of course, Rankinmeyer and Bousquet are both elite still, and they were elite at the time. I, you know, I'm actually going to disagree with you because I know what you're about to say. You're going to talk about three-bet sizing. Yes. And I don't know that you're right okay. about what you're going to say. You're going to say three-bet sm- sizing is too small. Yes. And I agree with you that it's okay. too small. But I don't know that it's indicative of the time period so much as we just have opinions about three-bet sizing that we didn't used to have. That's possible. But I think what I mean is... It's a little bit of both, I guess. Amongst the high-level players... I've noticed a shift. Yeah, you're probably right. And okay. I, like, that really came to the forefront for me when we were playing in Vegas for the World Series. Mm-hmm. Anytime I was at a tougher table, I was noticing a couple things that seemed a lot different than the 2010, you know, P.S. Hines, I'm going to th- min three bet you and you're going to fold ace 10 right. era. You know, that. I will say, I, I was thinking about some spots in the World Series of Poker where I got three bet relatively, you know, deep in the tournament, you know, where the blinds are high and all that, and thinking, like, you really? You made it that j- Okay, I guess I call. Like, yeah. okay. Like, this is not a good hand to call a three-bet with, and I'm forced to call anyway, and I'm going to try and play you now if I don't improve. Yep. 
congratulations, buddy. You forced that on. You know, everybody did that. I think what's happened now is everybody's too good to three bet so small. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of really bad players still. That's why poker's profitable. But in general, the the casual player is still probably not amazing. But like players who take it more seriously have gotten a lot better over the past seven years. And you can't just let them in the hand. You just right. can't. You can't let them because they have moves. You know, right. most people have moves, especially if they're in position. You just yeah. can't do it. Right, but anyway, that's not the point. Let's just get to the hand here. Okay, let's do it. This is 25k high roller. These are superstars of the game. They were both very young at the time, so they were up and coming superstars at the time. Uh, Bousquet, I think, had already won a WPT. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, yeah, I think that's true, but I don't know. It's 2010. It's hard to know. Are you sure this is 25k? I think this might be a 50k high roller. I don't know if they had anything higher than a 25k at this point. Okay, let's not let's not. Fight. It doesn't really matter. It's expensive. Right. Yeah. I do remember notably about Bousquet winning that WPT that he wept. He wept openly after really? winning it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He like he embodied the sadness that he always shows on his face. <laughs> he's always looks so sad. I mean, he wasn't sad when he won, right? Well, it, he looked sad. I don't know. He's like cry- people can cry when they're happy, Grant. Yeah, I they know can. this is hard for you to understand. No, he probably did. You're like he, crying, he was crying only equals sadness. He was but no. crying because because he was happy. Yes, of but. course he was. It's a re- he probably felt extreme relief. Did he go in as the extreme trip leader or something like that? Maybe I, he put a lot of pressure on himself. I don't remember. Hmm. I don't remember. I, I think it's know. just that he he was happy that he won and um, he wept like a like a man weeping. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this hand might leave him weeping as well. I don't know. We'll find out on the breakdown. Boy, we have really not gotten into the hand, and it's like 10 minutes later. It's only 5 minutes and 27 seconds. Still feels like 10. <laughs> it feels like longer. This isn't good for like for new listeners when you say No, when you none of this say, is good for new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> this is a free wheel and podcast. I do what I want. Come on, man. You're not even making a video. <laughs> We're just doing a podcast over here, right? Yeah, that's why we can do this. We stuff. might make a video later on. We this. will probably. Yeah, make this is a good hand. Yeah, although the only clip is in Spanish, so that who cares? Let's get to the hand. Okay, first I want to get to a, how we got here. Okay. All right, so I believe evolution is the way we got here, and through evolution, <laughs> and then societies were created, and uh, poker became a thing that you play in society there's actually a book called cowboys full very boring if you want to know about the history of poker anyway we get to the year 2010 and we're here i did it kind of quick i did it kind of quick it wasn't nearly quick enough that was ridiculous not Thank in a good you. way i think that this is not great. in a good way this podcast is terrible this is a terrible <laughs> no, it's show. Awesome. we're doing a really bad job no everybody loves it no no they do not vote i'm on, sorry vote on it Maybe we should restart. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We're going to okay. start. Okay, we're getting into the hand. Let's get into the hand. This hand, by the way, was suggested by Let Me Win, Okay, which is a kind of a cool name. They suggested it on Twitter, I assume. Yeah. They gave us a YouTube link and timestamped it, right? Of course. Good. All right. 20K, 40K. <laughs> Thank you, Let Me Win. 20K, 40K are the blinds, and we have very similar chip stacks here. Rankemeyer's got 3 million, and Bousquet's got 2.7 million. Okay. So we're so, deep, and we're similar in chip right. stack. And right. of course, there's the 350k euros up for grabs. Buske has the, is the effective stack with like 67 blinds or so. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, all right. So Rankemeyer is going to open up the action. He's in the small blind. He raises to 80k, 20k, 40k. Generally, I th- I feel like you see bigger raises heads up amongst higher level players. But you were saying you saw Daniel Cates doing it against Phil Hamuth. Yeah, um, two days ago they did the uh, King of the Hill on Poker Night in America, which was the heads up match and uh, they were playing for winner gets two hundred thousand dollars loser gets nothing and kate's was exclusively min raising almost the entire six hours they played uh against phil do you think it's because he believed so strongly that he could outplay phil hummuth post-flop and wanted phil in there pre-flop when he was in position um, 
I think he thought that Phil was going to overfold a little bit too much pre anyway and also overfold the flop too much as well. Put those two things together. Boy, it sure makes sense to raise pre, you know, and as and doing it and minimum min is, is great. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what Rankemeyer does here. I don't believe he thinks he has such a huge edge on Bousquet, but maybe that's just a sign of the times. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's got Jack Nine of Spades. Very good hand. I like this hand. It's good. Uh, Bousquet does something slightly unorthodox here, I think, for his hand. He's got Jack 10 offsuit, hearts and clubs, and he decides to three bet it. You know, he three bets to 220, which Jonathan teased a little bit. Um, yeah. I think it's a bit too small. I don't think you're getting many folds. I agree. It's definitely too small. I mean, you're folding at the absolute worst part of his range, and that's it, right? Yeah. Anything you, re- like he has to call with like seven, eight offsuit and stuff like this because we're, we're just too deep not to. Right. So I'm not saying that you need to to three bet bigger with the hands you don't want calls from and three bet smaller with the hands you do want calls from. You have to make them the same. Yeah. But when you three bet, part of it should include fold equity. And I feel like against a player like Rankemeyer, when you're deep and he's in position, he's going to have to have the bottom of the barrel hand to fold here. As you know, Grant, one of the things I've been talking a lot about all summer long and during the World Series was everything needs to be bigger. Yeah. Bets need to be bigger. Three bets need to be bigger. Raises need to be bigger. Everything needs to be bigger. Poker tables. You, I, I want to not Players. be able to see the guy across the table because he's so far away. <laughs> the cards. I'd like the cards to be like card sharks level cards, yeah. you know, where they're as big as a person. Yeah. You need a Vanna White to turn them over type stuff. Yeah. But really, um, that like everyone sizes... Even now, I think mostly people size too small, although I agree some of the better players aren't doing it as much, um, but because that's what they've seen for so long. Right. And it's, I think it's a mistake, especially as the three better, the person in a spot where you're often going to want fold equity, you have to play all your hands as if you want fold equity, and thus you need to size larger, except against the most donkiest of opponents. Right, and, and sometimes even when you have a really good hand, you have pocket aces, and your opponent is going to call with them a, a lot of their range, even when you size bigger, you want more money in there. It's great. Then yeah. you get more value. Right. What a deal. So let's not talk about the size anymore, but okay. let's categorically talk about three betting Jack 10 off here. What do you think about that? I think it's odd. Yeah. The one thing I like about it is when flops come down, we can rep a lot of flops that miss us, and a lot of flops that hit us are not so obvious that they hit us. So I That's do true. like that. A Jack 10 four flop feels like it's more on the caller's range than the three betters range. A 10 high board, yeah. a Jack high board are both good for us and don't feel like they're good for us. An ace high, king high board feel like they're good for us. They're not. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to play against that. So I like that part of it a lot. Right. I mean, granted, we don't have to do it with jack 10. We could do it with seven, eight of diamonds. We could do it with nine, six of diamonds. We could do it with a lot of hands. But jack 10 is is a reasonable hand to do it with. The only problem with this is, and this is almost never going to come up, honestly, but if we get four bet, we may have to fold the hand that really plays well you know, post-flop, and that's too bad. And I'm going to bring it back to the sizing a little bit as well, yeah. because without the fold equity here, we're going to have to play out of position with a hand that is not that good. It's like, yeah. we're it's kind of an in-between hand, which is why it's weird to three-bet. Like, it's not bad enough. We want to see the flop with it, and we want to be able to play the flop. And check-fold, like, he made an 80, Rankemeyer made an 80K. Why not just check-fold on bad flops? Just see a flop with this hand and, like, be happy. I mean, and, but if Rankemeyer's always making an 80K, you want to punish him sometimes for that. Sure, but I so think we should, choose, we should choose, like, blocker hands, good hands, and, like, a couple garbage hands, not hands that play well. I don't completely disagree with you, but probably you have, like, one combo of Jack-10 in there or something, or two combos of Jack-10 as well. As, I don't know if... I don't know if Olivia's thinking about this stuff or not back in 2010. He probably is. I don't I don't know, man. 2010, like GTO wasn't even a, a known entity really at that I time. I think it wasn't known to you. I think it was known. It was known to Bill Chen and like four other people. It was known to like among some of the better players for sure. And Do you I'm, think sure, PS... I'm sure Boost Gay was one of those people. Yeah, maybe he was. I'm sure he was. I mean, like, I don't think P.S. Hines really was GTOing too much when he won in 2010. 
Just because someone's playing exploitatively doesn't mean they don't know all about GTA. Well, that's true. That's true. I just think, I think you're maybe overestimating how. That's possible. How long ago GTO became ubiquitous amongst good players? That's possible. I, I'm definitely not sure anymore. It's it all runs together, you know. As yeah. you get older, I don't know, man. I was born and now I'm here. That's all I got. That's all you got. You got there the was, two. There were, you got two data points. There were brownies <laughs> somewhere in between. I remember them. They were good. Brownies, huh? Yeah. That sounds pretty good. They were good. Okay. Put a little dollop of ice cream on them. Mm, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Vanilla bean. Of course. <laughs> so. Okay. So, anyway, so, so far we've gotten to Olivier has three bet. That's yeah. all we've done in this hand because we are just not doing this hand yet. Well, we're doing the hand. All right. All right so Brankemeyer's got Jack Nine of Spades on the button yeah. and getting a good price. We're deep. It seems pretty clear that he's we're going to call this. Yeah, I mean for the same reason Bousquet three bet we could four bet. Like it's not a hand you expect us to four bet. I guess we don't want to get exploited, but it's, the pro- there's it's a difference. There's a position difference, isn't there? Well, one, we're in position, we get to close the action with a hand that does flop well. That's pretty sweet, and we're still kind of deep. Yeah. If we four-bet and Olivier doesn't fold... First of all, we're four-betting against a three-betting range versus yeah. Olivier three-betting against our button range, which is really different, right? Yeah, So we're going to get five-bet a, a fair amount of the time, and we're going to have to fold if we get five-bet, unless yeah. he clicks it back. And it's such a beautiful hand, Jack Nine of Spades. We don't want right. to ruin that. We also mess up the SPR pretty dramatically yeah. by re-raising, which we don't really want to do with a hand like this. This hand plays better... With a bigger SPR, not a smaller SPR. SPR stack to pot ratio, by yeah. the way. Although it's not, a, it's not as much true when your head's up, right? Because one pair is often good anyway. But like we're playing this hand because we like this hand, not just because we can hit a jack or a nine. That's nice, but the suitedness and the connectedness of the cards gives us a chance to make some really flop, big hands. We flop a lot of combo draws that we can raise. Yeah, stuff like that. Or, yeah. or we make a lot of flushes and straights at some point down yeah. the line, which are going to you know win us a huge amount of chips. It has a lot of implied odds, is what I'm saying. Excellent. Well said. Thank you. Anyway, that's so Rankemeyer puts all this in the hopper and he's like, Levy would call, so I'm going to call. <laughs> he's that's, right. Yeah. He's so, right. So that's what he does. He calls. And the pot is now 440,000. Yeah. And uh, that shows that the EPT, even back then, was doing something I love and playing heads up without antis. Yes. That's great. Yes. No antis and heads up. Love it. All right. So we got Jack 10 off for Bousquet out of position. Uh, we're both very deep. Rankemeyer's got Jack 9 of spades. Little does he know how dominated he is. So dominated. I don't know. So I mean, are we just going to never do the hand? <laughs> flop. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing the hand. We have not been doing the hand. We just did all pre-flop. What are you Whatever. talking about? <laughs> you're a bit of a negative Nancy today. You're a bit of a negative Nancy. I don't think so. I think I'm driving the train and you're just you're, trying, you're you're trying to put sticks in front of the train <laughs> and say this train is... Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sticks don't really stop a good train. No, anyway. I know. That's because I'm a good train. You're well, right. You and care? you are a what crappy do, stick. What do you care about sticks if you're a good train? You seem to care a little too much. Because the stick's annoying. It, <laughs> the paint job is hurt by the stick. Okay. The train still functions. I'm really worried about our listenership on this episode. I'm gonna oh, this is going right to ruin it all? I'm really worried about it. I'm not. Good. I'm happy with how it's going. So the flop comes out. Yeah. it's a, Why don't you tell me what it is, Jonathan? It's Queen, yeah. Eight, yeah. I'm gonna say like a three or something. It's close. It pairs on the river, or I shouldn't say that. Oh, Queen Eight Deuce. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fine. Now it doesn't know. matter. That um, that made it easy for me to remember yeah. what the card was. Queen Eight Deuce, and it's a rainbow board. It right? is one, a rainbow one board. One spade for Tobias. Queen Eight Deuce, Queen of Spades. Yeah. Okay. So they've both flopped gut shots with Jack Ten and Jack Nine, and, and uh, Tobias has the backdoor flush draw. Okay. So Bousquet now is gonna continue. He bets 240k into the 440 pot. This seems like the only move here at this point, right? I think we should definitely continue. We can't really check call 
out of position as Bousquet with just the gut shot no. and unders to the queen. But we can certainly continue in our story, and we also have equity um, that we can realize. Right. And, and we I don't mean, have to bet huge. We're essentially bluffing pre-flop, and we're continuing the bluff. Absolutely. And we've picked up a gut shot. It is a bet fold spot. We're going to fold if we get raised. Uh, if we get raised big. If, we, if he clicks it. If I guess we could raises, try to hit we a could, nine we, once. We could decide to call, but yeah. basically we're going to fault any reasonable raise for sure. Right, gut shot's not good enough to worry about losing out on that equity. Right, it's not like we have. It's not like we have an open ender. Yeah, where we've doubled the equity. Yeah, right. um, he makes it two forty, and Tobias now has the decision. I don't think it's much of a decision. Well, you? I think there is a decision. I think you could decide to raise here. Why would you raise here? Be, once again, he just has a gut shot. I mean, it's not like we need to realize our equity. He doesn't just have a gut shot. He's got a gut shot, he's got a backdoor flush draw, and he's got position, and they're deep enough that a lot of times Olivia's going to give up on the turn, and we just get to, we get free information without having to put more money okay, in. Okay, well, I, I don't think we should be so dismissive about discussing options here. Okay, that's fair. Uh, about, You're how right. about that? You're right. Um, I think that folding is probably a bad choice here because we have flopped the gut shot and the backdoor flush draw, and as you said, we have position. And so. we're actually getting a pretty good price, obviously not good enough to draw to a gutter. A lot of bad players will fold here, by the way. Yeah. Like, well, the thing is this, if you believe, it depends on what Olivier's true range is. Now, against a guy like Olivier, I think we have to call for lots of reasons. Against some other players, we can absolutely fold because they have huge hands only, right? Yeah. But super tight people, we can consider just folding because we're not going to get there enough. I don't know. We might be deep enough, depending on what they size. They also have to be bad enough that they give it all to us with one pair, like an over pair or something like that. But that's not, we're heads up. That's not unreasonable. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'm inclined to call a lot here because people are going to see bet a lot, and I'm in position, and I don't have to improve to win. So I right. like calling. But, but you're right. We, let's we talk about have, the race. Let's talk about raising. We also have equity. It's different than having six, seven of diamonds. You know? No question. You I mean, just give uh, up with that. Yeah. 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 I think if you have zero equity, you should often give up. All right. So assuming we're not going to fold, which we're not, as Tobias, right. let's just discuss. Okay. So the value of calling, you've already outlined it pretty easily, yeah. pretty well. I mean, we don't. We don't have that good of a hand. We can't stand a three bet, obviously. Right. But we have some equity against all of Bousquet's range. He doesn't have to have it. We can tell the story of one pair by calling and betting the turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's discuss the potential for raising. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So what are we repping? We're repping. We could be repping good queens because we're heads up. It's possible. Really good queens. Yes. Yeah. Ace queen. King queen potentially. Really? We're going to raise king-queen when we're this deep, heads up against a good player? It depends on how wide our raising range is. You're right. If if we want to have a lot of bluffs here, like our gut shots, then we want to have good good queens in our range as well. I feel like it's funny. I feel like you and I just switched bodies because this is the argument I often make to you, and you're saying, I don't know. I feel like we just switched. So, but I, I don't disagree with that. At the same point, I just don't know. I'm still not sure if it's a good play unless Olivier is going to be like Dan Coleman and just be like, well, I have something, and I'm not folding your race. Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, It's hard to know how they were thinking in this era Agreed. specifically as well. Um, okay, so let's just go through the advantages of raising. Them. Okay, cool. We could win the pot right now. That's like great. That. It's all over. We get I to really... win. We had jack high. That's cool. We could win the pot with the with the worst hand right now. Yeah, that's super strong. Right. So, because like uh, if Olivier has a good three betting hand, a lot of the time he'll have a hand that didn't necessarily love this board, but was a good three betting hand, such as ace king, ace jack, two tens, two nines. Well, let's pretend he has two jacks and he gets raised here. It's not great. No, and we're gonna win the pot eventually most of the time if he has two jacks. He's probably not gonna bet two jacks on this flop. In fairness. I don't know. I don't know either, actually. He, but he really. I mean, as, that's a good part. It should be part of his checking range. I don't know back then if it was. I don't know if he has a checking range. Was he three bets back then? Yeah. Okay. I don't know either. It's not the end of the world to bet even two jacks. So there. I think actually that's kind of key. If he doesn't have a checking range, then raising is a lot better. 
Well, I think I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I think it's a lot better. It depends on what his what he does on the turn a lot. Like if he's if he's got a lot of double barrels in him, then raising is probably better because we don't feel like we're going to make a play yeah. on the turn. But if he gives up a lot on the turn, then we should probably just call, right? Yep. Because if he's going to give up a lot, then it's pretty awesome to just call here, right? But I, if he doesn't, then I think raising is better. I think calling is better. I'm going to say okay. that. I, th- I do think calling is better. I think the only advantage raising has over calling is we can win right now. Um, there is a second small there's, advantage. If, if Bousquet has ace-jack, ace-king, something like that, we, we deny his equity. There's a third advantage, too, okay. where we don't win right now, but we either improve and win or we win later. And yeah. we win a bigger pot later. So that doesn't happen very often. We might raise and give up pretty quickly. Um, but we might not. It depends on what the how the board runs out. You know, right. there may be opportunities to win anyway. Anyway, I think calling is probably better for one reason. I mean, multiple reasons maybe, but the reason that stands out in my mind is that against a good player like Olivier Bousquet, we get to tell a more consistent story. We get to expand right. our value range. Right, because our value is very, very thin, really. It's queen, eight, deuce. We have sets. We have queen, eight, and maybe king, queen, ace, queen, and ace, queen we probably don't have. Right. So king, queen... Sets of queens, we don't have. Sets of eights, maybe, but maybe not. Sets of deuces, maybe, maybe not. So we're really down to queen eight, king, queen, and I'm not sure we're raising king, queen. Right. That's pretty thin. It is very maybe, thin. Maybe we can have deuces, maybe we can have eights sometimes. Maybe we something... can have queens sometimes, but it's rare. This is something we mentioned on the podcast a lot when facing aggression on the flop in position. The, the way that it expands your value range so much if you float rather than raise on the flop. Yeah. And um, actually, I was playing cash game in Portland recently, yesterday. Uh, sorry, Chris, if you're listening, I'm going to tell a story that involves a guy named Chris who said he was a fan of ours, and mm-hmm. I just met him yesterday. Um, we were playing a cash game. He, I straddled on the button, so in the small blind, he opened. There were a couple callers, and I was on the button with 7-8 offsuit. I called because it was good price, deep, whatever. Whatever. The flop was ace high, and I didn't have anything. And, I, and Chris bet an amount that made me think he didn't really have it. But yeah. I did the whole thing we talk about. I just called. Mm-hmm. And he checked the turn. I bet the turn. You know, And that's yeah. we, we talk about that all the time. Just right. like in spots where you can represent so much more by calling and then betting. I mean, if we think about it, while Tobias, when he raises, his value range for raising is strong. Yeah. But he might also decide not to raise a set of eights on the flop. He might call a lot of times with set of eights after Olivier's three bet, where he thinks, like, if Olivier has a big hand, he's going to keep barreling anywhere. We're going to get a lot of chips. And if he doesn't, I want to give him a chance to keep bluffing. I'm in position. I'm just going to call a lot, you know? Like, he might decide not to raise a lot of his value anyway. Right. So, I, I, so it's another thing, like, we're talking about. Like, not only, so the slow plays are in there when you float, as well as just reasonable stories of I have top pair, or I turn two pair, or I turn to straight, I turn to flush, all the things that you can do by floating rather than, yeah. um, than raising. I like it better if there's like, I mean, obviously it's better if there's two spades out there than one spade, but I like it better if there's two to a suit, even if it's not your suit. Right. Then you can rep all the flushes that come in I as know. well. That's it nice. Co- it comes in and then they check or they bet small because yeah. they're afraid and you raise or, call, or bet or whatever. And they're just like, ah, I know you got there. And they fold sometimes. Anyway, whatever the reason may be, and Tobias is probably thinking of similar reasons to this, he decides to call. Yeah. He's hoping a 10 comes. That's his ideal goal. That would be really good for him. Yeah. But he's also thinking, I'm in position. I can outplay this guy sometimes because I'm in position. Spade would be good, too. Yeah, it'd be great. He would take a spade. Yeah. Jack or a nine, he probably thinks is good sometimes, you know? Yeah. He's not unwrong. So before we... (laughs) He's he's not unwrong. Yeah. Okay. Double negative. Figure it out, kid. He's not right, is what you said. Nope. He's not unwrong means he is right double negative he's not wrong he's are, not are you, are you sure nope yeah you're definitely i'm saying he's not right 
you're you're definitely unright about uh, this one. I got I went one level too deep, <laughs> or not one level not deep enough. That was bad. You're so unright. Uh, I wanted you to be wrong so badly. It's hard, man. You can't catch me. Oh man, you know what? You know what really was the distracting thing that happened? What? Here? I wanted to talk about nitrogen sports poker. Oh, I was trying to get to well, that. That makes sense. It's distracting how awesome it is. So yes, why don't we is. talk about it? <laughs> well, it's a Bitcoin-only poker site grant, which means you get your money in fast and you get it out faster or just as fast. Yeah, just as fa- equally fast, which like, is fast. It's which like, is like 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes. Um, we we have a little story about Nitrogen Sports that kind of illustrates how good of yes. a site they are and what kind of good guys they are, yeah. really. Because we had our bounty tournament where there were bounties on only us, yep. right? And um, that was a fun tournament. It I was mean, a five milibit buy-in, which is about twenty dollars. There were twenty milibit bounties on our heads, which is like eighty bucks. Right. And uh, I didn't get to play for very long. No, I, Grant was out quickly. I was out. I was out quite quickly. But Jonathan went deep in the tournament. Finished second place. Finished second place, which was nice for him. And, yeah. And fun and good. And we got a lot of fun interactions with the people who played on Nitrogen. By the way, those who played had to use the link in the description in order to play that tournament. Right. Yeah, it's and if you, you want in. access to stuff like that, we do sit-and-goes. We are going to have other tournaments. There's going to be free rolls. If you want access to all of that, you have to use the link in the description of this podcast or any of our YouTube videos that have Nitrogen ads on them. Use that link when you sign up for Nitrogen, which is super easy, by the way, just a username and a password. Okay. Yeah. But let me get back to the story. Okay, let's hear story. the story. So we're about to start the tournament, and uh, someone tweets saying, like, is, there, is the prize pool really that big? Yeah. And I say... It's just a normal prize pool, is what I responded. But then I look at the prize pool, and there's a Bitcoin worth of prize pool, which is about forty four hundred dollars. Right, it wasn't supposed to be a guaranteed tournament. It's the, not a guaranteed tournament. It no, doesn't say anything about that. No, the only thing about the tournament that was like the incentive was that there's bounties on our heads. Right. right? Yeah. So there were twenty four players who paid five millibits each, twenty dollars. So it's about four hundred eighty dollars in the prize pool, and Nitrogen put up forty four hundred dollars, which the top three places chopped up. Because, yeah, because we noticed, right, <laughs> like Nitrogen had made a clerical error. They made and, a mistake. And, now, put, and put a thousand millibits, which right. is one Bitcoin, as the prize pool. And right before the tournament, Jonathan texted. I, to- I told them, I said, hey, guys, I just saw this. What do you want to do? Do you want to cancel it? Do you want to change it? Whatever you want to do. And yeah. they said, let it ride. Yeah. That they, was the cool thing. Yeah. They be- had a chance to do something. It would have been completely reasonable for them to say, cancel the tournament right now. Yeah. Or we're changing the prize structure. But instead, they said, we screwed up, and we're going to leave it. And we're going to let everyone play for it. So the guy who beat me, heads up, instead of winning like $260, won the equivalent of like $2,200. Yeah. And Nitrogen was cool with that because... And that's just a story. We always say we like them, we talk to them, we know they're good guys. This is exemplary of that. Yeah, it's this incredible. Is, it, it, it's true. They just they made the mistake, they realized it, and they it ended up being a great mistake for all the players. And they just they just ate it. And yeah, that was it. So, I mean, and this is this is the kind of the kind of thing we see with them a lot. Like, yeah. our experience of them has really been nothing but extraordinary. Like where right. they've been good stand-up guys all the way through. They've If there's an error, they always make sure it's an, uh, it hurts them, it doesn't hurt us. And as you see, that's the same thing with the players. Right, which is important in the online poker world because yeah. there have been plenty of shady dealings in that world. You know, We yeah. don't have to talk even about full tilt back in the day. Like That's awful, but there's been a ton of subsequent shady dealings. With Nitrogen, we, we can vouch for them. We know they're good guys. Um, well, I, I don't want to go too far because we only know what we know. But yeah. our, I would say this. All of our experiences has only been extraordinarily solid and like they've been taking full responsibility for anything and always been good to us. Beyond that, that we have good to our players. all of the benefits that we've already talked about, including those super fast withdrawals. And that's yeah. not a joke. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So get on there. Use the link. Play with us. 
Land of the free home of the brave. Land of the free home of the brave. Let's get to the turn. All right, let's get to the turn. So let's recap a little bit here. Good. We have Bousquet three betting with Jack ten off and Rankemeyer calling with Jack nine suited spades. Queen eight deuce one spade rainbow board where Bousquet continues and Tobias calls again. Like it. We got 920K in the pot going to the turn, which is the ace of spades. That's a cool card for everybody. It's a really cool card because it's all over Rankemeyer's, not Rankemeyer's, excuse me, Bousquet's range, mm-hmm. but it improves Rankemeyer's hand. Yep. Yeah. So those are neat things. It actually improves Bousquet's hand as well. Oh, it does. You know, he, yeah, Bousquet flopped a gutter. Now he's got a double gutter. So everybody improves their equity, and Bousquet improves his range advantage. Yes. So that's pretty sweet. Right. If Rankemeyer has an ace now, it's likely that his ace is ace-eight or ace-deuce. I guess you could float no. some ace highs. Yeah, also. absolutely. If he has ace ten, he might have called. Okay, but I don't know. On this board, if you have ace seven or worse, you might just throw it away. Ace seven or worse, I think he throws away. I think um like the ace jacks, ace tens of the world, though, he probably calls at least once. Okay, but he has to not have four bet those hands heads up, which Yeah, which he might not have when they're seventy he, blind Steve. He might not have, but those are the only two aces that he has. Okay. I think that's probably right. It may be ace nine, maybe right. kind of ace nine. So I think Bousquet has pretty much all the aces, whereas Rankemeyer only has those two and maybe ace nine. I don't know if Bousquet has all of the aces, but he's got a lot more. How about that? Mm-hmm. Let's let's agree on that. Let's. Okay. okay. So Bousquet instantly realizes this, of course, and he not only picked up equity, but he can rep this ace really well. It's a beautiful card for so him. So there's no reason not to bet here. He should bet here. Of course, he's hoping for a fold, but at least he has now the eight eight outs to the straight instead of the four. Yeah, it's so really nice. He bets 450K into the 920K pot. Like it. All right. So what do you want to do with Tobias now? Okay, so we've got a gut shot, we've got spades, but sort of the worst card in the deck came off. That is, oh, it's a spade, but sort of a, a bad card came off. The us. worst card that improves us came off. Right. Yeah. Like, we would have really preferred every other spade in the deck. Yes. But this one, um, this is not a good spade for us. I think we can only call reasonably here. Like, we're heads up. Like, if, if Olivier has ace-king... He might have played it just like this, right? Yeah. Or ace queen. Oh, sorry, not ace. Oh, actually, ace queen yeah. does count. But ace jack, ace ten, all the other aces. He might have really c bet all of them, and now except like ace eight, ace eight exactly. He might have checked. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, or maybe he would decide to even bet that, but he might have checked it. But um, but now those all improve, and he's just not going to fold those, even if we raise. I think like he's probably going to hold on. We're heads up. He, if he has top top it's a or tough, something, it's close a tough to spot it. with ace ten. It is, but he may not. He may just decide not to fold. Also, he can have ace queen. He can have queen queen. He can have eight eight. Yeah, he can have all the big hands. He can have all the big hands. It just seems like not a good time to do this when we can call. It's still relatively cheap for us, right? And we got a lot of outs. So I lean towards calling, but let's hear if you have thoughts on raising. I'm, I'm interested in them. Uh, let's Before I get to that, I okay. want to think about if we actually have the right price to call here. Of course we do. Let's make sure. Okay. Let's give, let's give like, we only have the straight and flush outs, let's say. Yeah. Okay. So that's 12 outs? Yeah. So we need 24. So 24%, we need to be getting 3 to 1. Yeah. I guess we're about bet half the pot. We're, we're getting, getting about three to, 3 to 1. We're getting a little better than 3 to 1. Yeah. But All even right. if even if that wasn't the case, I think we have to call because the straight, when it comes in, if Olivier has a big hand, we're going to have huge implied odds on that. And he may have to pay off on spades because they're backdoor. Yeah, that's true. So I think I think the implied odds are such that we probably can't fold. But maybe there's an interesting question. Sometimes when you think you don't have great implied odds, maybe you have to consider raising or folding rather than calling, which a lot yeah. of times people don't think about. Probably right? right. So all right, let's let's try to explore if there's an argument for raising now. Good. Uh, I think there are some very serious problems with that. I can come up with one good reason to raise. Okay. Go ahead. The, good, the best reason to raise is 
wow, it looks super strong. Yes, it does. Like, wow, the ace came, Olivier bet again, and Tobias raised. That feels, like, very strong. It turns ace-king into a bluff catcher immediately. A 100% yeah. does. Like, Tobias is now repping ace-eight, ace-queen, eight-eight, queen-queen, hands like that. I think most of the time, of the, I think the problem is inherent in this statement. Most of the time when Tobias raises here, he has one of two hands, ace-eight or ace-deuce. Unless you decide to flat with a set on the flop, which... It's possible. It's hard to have a set in the first place because yes. eights might be a four bet. Yes. Um. So it's usually deuces and like half of the eights combos. Yeah. And then he has to decide to flat. So right. that's like that's asking a lot. I agree. So the most reasonable raising hands here are ace eight and ace, ace deuce. I agree. And that, I there's not a ton of those. And if Bousquet has an ace in his hand, that removes some of those combos as well. Yeah. So that makes it tough to really pull off the raise and tell a good story with it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest problem with raising. I agree. I agree. But the other side of it is, wow, the ace comes and he still raises. Like, yeah. geez, it's scary. It is. It it's, is. It's a tough spot with ace-king, honestly. Like, I think you probably have to hold on heads up, especially against a tricky player. Right. But you don't like it. It's not good. It's interesting because, in this case, Olivier has a range advantage on this turn card based on how the hand's played out so far. Yeah. But in a way, it's stronger to raise when you don't have a range advantage. Exactly. You're the saying, story. I, you're saying, I know you have a range advantage and I'm raising anyway. Right. The story yeah. is super strong. Yeah, it is. So that's cool. That would but be that's a super the only good thing story, about it. But it's just so it's really fishy. It's it's a pretty fishy line to I raise agree. here. So I, I think agree. I think it's probably not a good idea against a thinking player to try that. Mm -hmm. And Rankemeyer doesn't. Yeah. He decides, okay, I'm gonna try to realize my equity here. I'm gonna call. I'm in position. Maybe he'll give up sometimes on the river with two jacks or you know a king a king jack or something like that, and I can bluff him too. Yeah. As Rankemeyer once in a while, but also I can just realize my equity. That's fine. Right. Well, Tobias calls, and now the pot got big. Yeah. It's a three-bet pot, so it got pretty big. The pot's going to be $1.82 million heading to the river. And what was the, what's the stacks at this okay, point? Okay, so um, the effective stack is going to be Bousquet. He started yeah. with $2.7 million. And he put he's in half put in, He put in half the current pot, so, he, so he's got like $2.1 million left. Yeah. So okay. just over a pot size bet. No. It's he's one got $2.1 million. There's $1.2 in there, isn't 1. there? $1.8. $1.8 in there. Yeah. Oh, Wow, and he started with 2.6? 2.7. Okay, so he has a pot size bet left, exactly, actually. He put in 900K. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's got one bet left. Wow. Yeah, things got real, and yeah. nobody has anything. We got jack highs. Well, they both have big draws. Yeah, I guess. And they both feel like hidden draws. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. All right, so the board heading to the river reads, Queen 8 deuce with one spade, ace of spades on the turn, the river is the deuce of hearts. Yes, as we know, because we already spoiled that by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, this is just not a fun card for either player. No, you didn't want to see that. No, nobody loves it. So, Bousquet is sitting there now. He's got jack high. He's been called twice, and he's just thinking, what the hell? This sucks. <laughs> he's so, thinking, no, what he's thinking is, can I get Tobias to fold one pair, right? So, That's the question. All right, so in order to ask to answer that question, we have to ask ourselves, what are Tobias's most likely holdings at this point? And I think it's pretty clear that his most likely holdings are one pair queens and one pair eights. Um, I'm not sure if he calls with one pair eights on the turn so often. Is it that different than one pair queens? Yeah. How? It's higher up in our distribution. Yeah, so how about a real reason? Um... It's hard to come up with much more than that. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't think... Yeah, no, that's a fair point. It's not that different. It's no. It's no different besides that it's higher up in distribution. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think we have one pair of aces a fair amount too as Tobias. One pair of aces. Yeah. Which one pair of aces? 
one pair of aces that called on the flop because it's ace high. So ace 10 and ace jack? Yeah, because we don't think he's really calling with uh, maybe ace 9. Can maybe. he have ace 9? Maybe. Why can't he have ace 9? If he has ace 10. Okay, he can have ace. I mean, you just have to cut it off somewhere. I don't think he has ace 7. Well, the, the difference is like the 9 is above the 8 and the 7 is below yeah. the 8, right? right. So there, there's value. Okay, but I don't think he has ace 7 and worse. Seems unlikely he's going to show up with ace 7 very often. Like, maybe he had backdoor flush draws on the flop. And he though. doesn't have ace jack all the time because he four bets sometimes. Yeah. Ace 10, maybe we remove one or two combos for four betting. I would expect he's rarely going to four bet ace 10 and when they're this deep. And he, actually, I think he's rarely going to four bet ace jack when they're this deep, too. He might just put himself in a game theory disaster spot against a guy, by the way, who might five bet light and we still have to fold. Okay. Anyway, if. So if Rankemeyer does have one pair of aces, that's bad okay. for Bousquet. He's not going to get it through if he bets. I'm not sure if that's true or not. If we three bet and then we went barrel, 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 it's pretty strong. We're we're chopping with everything with an ace. Oh, the deuce Except paired. for ace king yeah, and okay. ace queen. And ace queen. All right. And ace eight. Yeah. But still. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We can't be tra- we can't target aces. Right. So we're targeting queens. But the good we're news, basically targeting queens, but, right? Yeah, but the good news for Bousquet is I don't think Rankemeyer really has... like The percentage of Rankemeyer's range that is one pair of aces is small, in my opinion. Well, if if we go with the idea of what you're saying, which I don't think is crazy. I don't know if it's correct, but I don't think it's crazy that it's basically ace-jack, ace-ten, and some ace-nine, and that's it. There aren't that many aces there. Yeah. As opposed to, like, there's probably more queens, and there's yeah, probably there's more like eights. Yeah, queen-six suited plus. Yeah. Um, I think as... Um, as Olivier, if we're just targeting one pair below aces, that's a very reasonable range to target here. Yeah. Right? And I think it's going to work a lot if we bet. Right. It's really so, hard for them to call again. Yep. Yep. And I guess as a bonus, we get to fold out hands like Jack Nine of Spades, which are chopping with us, right? Like yeah. The, the flopped, flopped draws that turn backdoor spades, King Ten of Spades, something like that. Right. Well, also just Jack Ten. We get yeah. To, I mean, because we're losing the King Tennis Spades right. anyway, but we're, we're chopping with Jack Tennis. Right. What I'm saying is it would be nice to fold out King Tennis Spades. It certainly would. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we're just, we, we think it's unlikely we are ever ahead. Yeah. Right. We might be chopping or we might be losing. Those are really the only two main options here. So it's really hard to be ahead that Tobias went call, call. Yeah. Yeah. So. So the idea of betting is not crazy. No. Based on that. And also, again, the board is favorable to us, and it's super strong to go three bet, 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 right? I mean, right. that's So I think, I think uh, Olivier's sizing is indicative that he is putting Tobias on a queen and maybe an eight. Okay. Uh, because there's 1.82 million in the pot, and Bousquet bets 560K. That really looks like an ace that's trying to get value. Yeah, he's saying, queen. like, I, I turn the ace. I know you have a queen. Please, like I'm giving you such a good price, you have to call with your queen. You have queen jack. You're yeah. calling. Let's go. Yeah. So he thinks rank, he's trying to out level Rankemeyer in this way. Right. I think with this sizing. Yeah. I agree. That must be the point of the sizing, because man, is he giving Rankemeyer a good price to hero with whatever he has. Yes, but I mean, it's hard to come up with hands that Olivier's can have here, except air weird yeah. air hands, which I guess it could be because he he was the aggressor. So he, he could, could have just... any two cards if he has jack ten off. I feel like he could have any two cards here and decide he has to bet the flop. And the turn is so good for his range, he has yes. to bet the turn. You know. But then on the river, it's it's something else to continue once you've been called on the turn again, right? Because what's Rankemeyer supposed to have? Well, he he's a, supposed to have a queen. Yeah, queen. Queen, queen jack, queen ten, king queen, queen six suited, queen yeah. seven. You know, all the, so let's queen ask eight, a question Queen eight here. hates this river, by the way. It's, well, yeah, that's true. Um, queen eight might have raised, but maybe not. Yeah. Uh, queen eight does hate this river. Do we think this would work? Let's pretend Tobias does have queen jack. Is he going to fold? 
How often is he going to fold? Let me ask it that way. Well, Tobias Reckemeyer, and I know this is in the future from now, is yeah. the guy who folded aces having flatted with 15 blinds preflop just I to know. a turn shove. So brutal. Yeah. So yeah. crazy brutal. So maybe. It might work. Maybe. And, and I don't know if I put myself in Reckemeyer's chair. I'm not Reckemeyer, me. And I have king, queen. It doesn't matter. They're all the same at this point because of the board pairing and the mm -hmm. ace on the board. But give me a queen here. I do not love my spot. I mean, they're not exactly the same, right? King, queen is better. Because you block ace-king a little bit. Okay, that's true. That's about it. And you block... No, kings are never going to go for value here. It's just ace-king. That's the only thing you're blocking. Yeah. But okay, that's that's the one thing. It's small. That's we, a small we thing. We also... Yeah. If we have um, an eight... The other difference between having an eight and a queen is we block queens. But but Olivia would probably three-bet eights or queens. Anyway, yeah, it's so probably it's the, the same. same. Yeah, okay. It's all the same. Yeah. So, uh, fine. Give me queen-ten. I don't care. Okay. It's fine. It's, you know, the hand rank is the same. Okay. Um, I'm getting an incredible price. What price are we getting here? So... 560 into 1.8. We're You're getting four, four and a half to one. Okay, four and a half to one. That's a great price. A little better than four and a half to one, even. Yeah. It's an amazing price. Obviously, we only have to be right 17% of the time. That's, a, that's, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but are we, good are that we often? right that often? Well, because we know it's possible for Olivier to have any two cards, yeah. it's possible we are right, but we have to know that he's capable of making this play. A lot of players are not capable of three betting out of position and barrel, barrel, barrel. Also having, having the pure chutzpah to bet so small on yeah. the river as a bluff. Is I agree. Something that many people are not capable of. They can't pull the trigger on the tiny bet because they're like, it's going to get called so often. Right. But against Rankemeyer, you have to tell a good story. Right. And Olivier is trying to expand his value range to having one pair of aces in it, and that's how he tells the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the deuce is kind of an interesting card where now Olivier, if he had ace 10, could very comfortably bet it, right? Yeah. Because he's like, well, we're chopping sometimes, I know, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not worried about you having a deuce, Tobias. Right. So I think that's what Bousquet is doing. He's targeting a queen mm -hmm. and worse and saying you, you're going to have to fold more than you call here, essentially. I think Tobias probably does fold a lot of queens here. Yeah. I think he probably folds too many queens. So this is probably a good bet. And Olivier is giving himself a great price to bluff. Yes. And, of course, we, we aren't just trying to fold out queens. We're trying to fold out queens and everything else that Tobias has that's worse than a queen. Because yeah. all those things beat us also. Right. So, actually, and we're, if we're going to fold out some queens, we're going to fold out everything else almost always. That's pretty great. It's got to yeah. be profitable to make this play against Tobias right here is my guess. Right. Well, luckily for Olivier, he doesn't have to worry about sweating it because Tobias has jack high. It's right. over, right? Well, he certainly can't call. He can't call. We did see what, that one time in APT that guy called. Yeah. I mean, he can call if he really puts Pantaleo, right? on Pantaleo. any two cards. Yeah. Um, but, okay, this is the thing. This is the most interesting part of the hand here. Yeah. Rankemeyer moves in. Yes. This is cool. We finally got to it. Yeah. We finally got there. It took about 45 minutes, but we found our way to the really interesting decision in this hand. All right. So there's a couple questions we have to ask about this. Okay. Of course, we know it's going to work, right? Because Bousquet's got Jack 10. It has to work. Yeah, it has to work. But is this good? Question number one. And to inform that question, what are we repping? Let's start with the second question. Okay. That's the only way to answer the first, right? Yeah. Okay. We are repping ace-deuce. That seems like the most clear thing that we're repping. We are repping quad deuces. Mm -hmm. We are repping other full houses. Eights full. That's pretty much it. Yeah. We're almost never going to have queens, it's right? It's really hard to have queens. Um, we are repping ace-queen. A super slow played ace-queen. Possible. Yeah, I think we could have ace-queen. We are repping... Ace eight? Are we doing? I was, so I was just trying to. I think we're repping ace eight too. Yeah. I think we have to. It's heads. We're up. heads up. It, we have to go for it with. He ace has eight. ace king. Don't we just have to take a shot? At yeah, we have to paid. take a shot with ace eight. Yeah, like he's so rarely going to have us beat. Yeah. 
It's fine. Um, okay, that's it, right? That's it. So there's not very many hands there. Okay. But what else can we have? What do we have if we don't have those hands? Let me yeah, ask that's you a good that. question. But I want to go back to our repping and see how reputable those things actually are to have. Okay. Uh, Ace Deuce is going to raise the turn a lot. Yep. So that's... Might even raise the flop. Oh, no, no, never the flop. Sorry, the turn. Yeah. Right, because the ace comes in, right? Right, and that is the hand that makes the most sense. Of all of the hands you mentioned, that's the hand that makes the most sense for, for Rankemeyer to play this way on the river. Okay, the reason ace-deuce would not raise the turn is if we think that Olivier is going to triple barrel us a fair amount. Yeah. And we would slow play it, and then, oh, my God, we have to, we're forced to move in on the river with it. That's, right? Yeah, that's that, fair. But so the question is, does Olivier have a lot of triple barrels actually in these spots or does he just happen to have one here and i don't know the answer to that and he might not because the reason for his triple barrel may simply be that he picked up equity on the turn yeah it may be uh, equity and also a great card yeah like of course it's both those things i mean he's gonna probably triple barrel either way or double barrel either way the ace or picking up more more outs or equity you know yeah but the ace brings equity so it's kind of an amazing card to do it on yep um okay so Ace Deuce might play it this way if if it thinks Olivier is going to do that. I don't know if if you flop a set and eights and decide to slow play the flop, you might decide to slow play the turn also. I don't know. The ace is all over Olivier's range. I, I mean, know. we can make sure more chips go in now. I just don't want him to make a great fold. Like, why give him a chance to make a great? Do fold? Do we really expect Olivier to fold? We don't expect Olivier to fold an ace in the turn, which is why we didn't want to raise on the turn as with our hand as Rankemeyer. Correct. So it would be a good reason to raise with with a set of eights. If we think he's it, again, it depends on if we think he's going to make nitty folds or or not. You yeah, know? of course. So it, it sort of comes down to the nit factor. All of this yeah. comes down to the nit factor. If we think he's not a nitty guy, we should be more apt to raise the turn, but we should also be more apt to call the turn because he's going to keep barreling. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, we're in good shape. If he's nitty, we should. Pro- if he's nitty, we should just we should just wait as long as possible, right? I guess so. I don't know, man. I mean, it sucks because a river raises super strong. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to like if ace king. He's playing ace king. This one he goes barrel, 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 and then we move in, and he actually has top, top. He might find a fold with ace king because you are, as we know, are only bluff catching, and it's the river. Why'd you wait so long to move in to bias? Right. So yeah. All right. So we've got what Rankemeyer is repping, and it's yeah. not a lot. Right. But we we've got it. We I think we understand it. Sure. Next question, and I think the answer is clear on on this is what is he targeting, and to inform that question. I'm going to posit that he believes Bousquet's story. Yeah. Bousquet is saying, I have one pair. I want you to call with a weaker one pair. I mean, Bousquet's not saying, I have one pair. Bousquet's saying, I want you to call with a queen. Right. Okay, sure. But but, but, but it looks like, I mean, it looks like we're, we're up against ace-jack a lot here, right? Yeah. So I think Rankemeyer is targeting an ace. Yeah. And he's like, I, it's going to be really hard for you to call with one pair here. Yeah. Rah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Is that good enough? Is that going to work enough? Let me, let, let me go a, a step deeper. Into this analysis, group. okay. If you're Rankemeyer and you see the sizing and you think, "Oh, Olivia's trying to get called by a queen," you know what that means? He almost never has three queens, and he almost never has ace queen. Yeah. So now I can I can't eliminate that, but I can I can make much more strong suppositions about the kind of hands Olivia does have, which means much more one pair ace hands. Yeah. Versus top set, a flop top set, or top two, or something like that. So so that makes it easier. To move in, right? Because then he's going to have one pair a lot more of the time. I hear that. I hear that. Cool, cool. Uh, that jives with me. Yeah, me too, actually. So that's pretty sweet. Now, of course, Olivier could have a set of eights, and that yep. would be incorrect. That would ruin this. But 
That's okay if he has a set of eights, if he has a set of eights and then a lot of one pair of aces, and he's going to have to fold almost all of his one pair of aces. Well, I think what we have to assume as Tobias, if we're going to make this move, obviously, is that Bousquet is going to fold those one pair of aces with a high frequency. Is it possible also that this is going against my last supposition, but is it possible also that Tobias just believes when Olivier has one of pot size bet left, that if he had a very strong hand, he would go for it? He's just like, let's try and end it right here. Like, maybe you can call. Maybe, maybe, you can, maybe you're going to hero me. Whatever. Let's just try and end I've got top set. Let's end it. Maybe. I've got to believe modern Olivier Bousquet would be more balanced than that. Maybe not then. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm wondering, because that makes it also easier for Tobias to move in. Right? If it's like you would bet bigger with more value because you're trying to get, you know, for all the obvious reasons, basically. Yeah. But you can't believe Olivier Bousquet, even seven years ago, is like not balanced with his sizing. Right. right? He's got to be pretty balanced. He's yeah. one of the best players in the world back then, one of the best heads up players in the world back then. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I think this Tobias is very, I don't know if this is a good move. Anymore. I don't know. He's, he's, <laughs> well, I think uh, he believes the sizing is indicative that Bousquet is leaving himself room to fold. I think that must be what he's thinking. I don't know if it's that or if it's the you are putting me on a queen and that means you don't have any queens in your hand and that means you have usually one pair when you have it and that means you're going to fold when I move in even because it's so strong to move in here. You're just going to have to fold. Yeah. Because I'm giving you a great price. Why would I give Ace-King a great price unless I could beat it? You know, like maybe you're going to call with exactly Ace-King, but I'm going to fold out all your other aces. So maybe right. Tobias is asking himself this question yeah. and this, this goes to your sizing thing a little bit. Um, if if Bousquet really wanted to go for the full max double, why wouldn't he just move in himself? If he's going to bet 560K in this spot, it means he has marginal value and he doesn't really want to risk all of his chips with this hand. I mean, that's the kind of analysis I, I make, you know, in like the Arizona State Poker Championship, which is the $1,100 yeah, buy-in I know. kind of thing. I know, but I'm, I'm trying. It's possible seven years ago this is accurate for Olivier, too. Yeah. But I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I'm more inclined to think it's that um, Tobias has a live read on him than a sizing read. Maybe. I, I think it's just more likely. Olivier was more, back then, I think of an online player anyway. Probably. Probably. And uh, and Tobias was a live player, right? Yeah. At least for the most part. And played in all these super high rollers all the time and stuff. So it's pro- it's possible he just like saw something which led him to think like, oh, he's he's weak. He doesn't like his hand. He doesn't want to get called. He doesn't whatever. I'm just going to win. I'm not sure this is a good move in. Me either. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we've done a good, job, good enough job justifying it based on the story that's being told. Yeah. I think absent live reads, this is not a good move in. I agree. But luckily for him, Bousquet just has to fold. He has jack high. Yeah. And Bousquet even says, I have to fold or can't call. Something I like cannot that. call. Yeah. Which is too bad because he would have chopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least he didn't call and then throw his hand away. In the end, Bousquet uh, screwed himself over with his fancy sizing on the river. Yeah. He moves in. He wins for sure. Or he just sizes a bigger. Rankemeyer doesn't think he can get it through yeah. easily and he just gives up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible Bousquet really is. I actually think he probably is, like, sizing small with a lot of strong hands. Or hands he's calling shoves with as well. He probably is. That. But maybe his very, the very top of his range, he's not doing that with. Like, maybe. top set, top two. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's mo- or, or middle set, stuff like that he's moving in with. Because right? he's like, well, this is the top of my range, so I'm trying to get massive value. And some of my bluffs I'm going to go all into with. And just, that's how I balance that, perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. So that way we can think like it's I can eliminate the the very tippy top of his range, which is powerful to do. Yeah, it is. Well, 
Yeah, I don't know. As, if this pl- is a good as played, it worked out for Toby. It's I'm, a pretty interesting. I'm hand. not sure. I'm not sure it was a smart idea by Toby, but it worked out for Toby. It'll be a fun video whenever we end up making it. Maybe someday we will make it. Maybe someday. Stay, stay tuned.